morning, everyone. This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. We are on a mission to make magazines great again, so subscribe to our Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. This is a quarterly mini-book-like experience packed full of a variety of authors that includes theologically-driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign your church up, sign your grumpy uncle up, and while you're at it, sign up the Pope. He could use it. Elon Musk and Russell Moore. Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses and cross-politics not held liable for any of them. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation, possibly encourage your kids to take Lord's Supper with you, and will likely cause you to randomly chuckle in joy at God's wondrous world. Sign up today, four issues and $60 a year. That's it. Go to fightlaughfeast.com right now to sign up. Fauci to retire... By the end of 2022, as GOP slated to retake Congress. Great news. Dr. Anthony Fauci will step down in December after more than 50 years of public service, he said on Monday. Fauci, who has led the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984 and joined the National Institute of Health in 1968, was President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor since he became president in 2021. Fauci said for months that he was considering retirement. In an ABC podcast interview from March, Fauci said that he would stay in his role until, quote, we got out of the pandemic phase, end quote, and added that we might already be there. Fauci was asked if retirement or stepping back were options for him, to which he said, I certainly have, because I have to do it sometime. I can't stay at this job forever. Unless my staff find me slumped over at my desk one day, I'd rather not do that, he said. President Biden praised Fauci in a statement released on Monday, according to the Washington Post, saying, Whether you've met him personally or not, he has touched all Americans' lives by forcing them to stay indoors and locking them down. No, he didn't say that. Uh, He basically goes on to say, I extend my deepest thanks for his public service. The United States of America is stronger, more resilient, and healthier because of him. (laughs) Right. Fauci has a, lot of, has a lot to look forward to in his retirement. According to Forbes, Fauci is likely to rake in the highest ever government retirement package in U.S. history with an annual payment exceeding $350,000. Well earned, well earned. Can you uh, sense the sarcasm in my voice? Anyways, from one waste of money to another, fence surrounding Biden's Delaware Beach House costs about $500,000, records show. Well, actually, I guess that's not really a waste of dollars because, hey, fences work, right, Button? The price tag of a taxpayer-funded project to build a barrier around President Joe Biden's Delaware Beach House has grown to nearly $500,000, federal spending records suggest. In September 2021, the Homeland Security Department paid $456,548 to Delaware-based construction company Turnstone Holdings for the purchase and installation of security fencing surrounding the president's Rehoboth Beach property, according to USAspending.gov, an online database operated by the Treasury Department. The database entry shows two additional payments since then. One bill of $6,844 was paid in late November of 2021 to cover expenses resulting from extra gravel pads and crane services. This was followed by another $26,933 bill in June, described as simply to add funds to current project. The overall cost of the fence now stands at $490,324, although the project was originally expected to be completed by the end of 2021. Its potential end date has been pushed back to June 6, 2023, marking a delay of more than 18 months. 
The exact reason for the setbacks remains unclear. The Epic Times has reached out to the Homeland Security Department, listed as the main awarding agency and funding office for the contract, for further information. Amid a record influx of illegal crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border, the costly presidential residence has drawn mockery from critics of the president's border policy. So walls at Joe Biden's beach house, but not the southern border, Rep. Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, wrote on Twitter. According to data released by the Biden administration, the number of apprehensions at the nation's southern border is reaching the 2 million, uh, the two million benchmark for the first time in history. In July, Border Patrol reported 181,552 arrests of individuals who tried to illegally cross the U.S.-Mexico border, a 5.6% drop from the 192,000 reported in June. With just two months before the fiscal year 2022 wraps up, the agency has already made more than 1.81 million arrests, beating the fiscal year 2021's record of 1.66 million. In the border town of Yuma, Arizona, the state is spending $6 million to fill a quarter-mile gap in the border barrier with shipping containers. Those 8,800-pound, 40-by-9-foot containers will be topped with razor wire once tractor-trailers move them into position. Tim Romer, Arizona's Director of Homeland Security, told Phoenix radio station KTAR-FM that his state couldn't wait any longer. Now moving our eyes to the Northwest, Oregon gubernatorial race could go for the GOP. The Oregon gubernatorial race in the historically blue state has gone from leans Democratic to toss-up, according to the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia Crystal Ball Rating. What a name. The last time Republicans won a gubernatorial race in Oregon was 1982. Democratic Governor Katie, uh, Kate Brown is term-limited and, according to the rating, is deeply unpopular. And there be, may be some desire for change in the Beaver State. According to the center, the state is hosting the, an unusual three-way race among a trio of women who are all recent members of the state's legislature. Former How, uh, State House Speaker Tina Kodak, a Democrat, former State House Minority Leader Christine Drazen, Republican, and former State Senator Betsy Johnson, an unaffiliated former Democrat who is more conservative than most of the members of her former party and who has been backed by Nike co-founder Phil Knight. Interesting. The race sets up an unusual situation where the winner may not need to crack even 40% of the vote, noted the center. Additionally, the three candidates all served concurrently in the state legislature which should provide all the campaigns ample opportunities to draw contrasts among the candidates. The rating added, Johnson, the independent, would still be the most surprising winner, and Kodak and Drazen both will be working to try and prevent their voters from flocking to her banner. There's just, not, there's just enough uncertainty here that we're looking at the race as a toss-up now. That's from the center. The Center for Politics also noted that there are toss-up governorships in Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Kansas. You hear that, folks? You may not have to flee your blue states after all, but if you'd still like to, then pay attention to this ad. Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. Home is where you prepare to go out into the world. Finding the home that's perfect for your family, well, that's a big job. Story Real Estate is Moscow's top real estate team. They give people real estate advice all over the country. Family homes, investments, land, new construction, or commercial, they know real estate. If you've thought about a move to Moscow or anywhere in the country, reach out to get connected with a Story Real Estate agent. Wherever you're going, they can help guide you home. Visit storyrealestate.com. So, 
You guys have all probably heard that Brian Stelter, the human potato, was removed from CNN. But how about this? CNN appears to be cleaning house. Will Don Lemon be next? Spencer had the the news about CNN's Brian Stelter this week, that he works for townhall.com. And, well, Stelter's gone. The host of Reliable Sources was given the axe amid CNN's front office shakeup and reorganization of the news outlet's coverage, which has been pillared as pro-Democratic Party propaganda. The new management at CNN wants to return to the days when CNN was more straight news, less drama, and not the subject of attacks over media bias for peddling explicit Democratic National Committee talking points. Longtime legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin, we all know about him, also announced he was leaving, opting to retire and write a book. That should be good. Tubin has emerged from the wilderness after the New Yorker fired him in 2020 following a humiliating incident where he exposed himself to the magazine's staff during a Zoom call. When Stelter was given the boot, people asked if Don Lemon, another insufferable fixture at the network, would be next. That could be in the cards, as a source is spilling the names of who's next on the butcher's bill. And yes, Don Lemon's there. If Trump runs again, this network will need Lemon, Acosta, and others to kick the hornet's nest once again. At the end of the day, while we know CNN gutting CNN of their liberal cancers would be optimal... It's also a business, so we could see this going either way regarding these potential firings. The new top brass would get rid of these folks and tread water for 2024, hoping their recent relaunch doesn't implode, or they do a 180-degree turn, keep the Trump-hating hosts and contributors, and make a boatload of cash again. So that's from townhall.com if you want more information on that. Now, Let's hear from this. 97% of execs say U.S. in recession, despite Biden's definition change. The Biden administration changed the definition for the word recession in July prior to the release of numbers that showed the U.S. was in a recession in order to be able to make the claim that the U.S. was not in a recession. Despite this, a large number of U.S. executives believe the country is, well, you guessed it, in a recession. Stifle financial kind of like our economy being stifled, conducted a survey that shows 18% of business owners, executives, and investors consider the U.S. economy already in a recession, compared to 79% that expect a downturn within the next 18 months. The standard definition for the word is a decline in GDP for two consecutive quarters, while the new Biden definition links the word to unemployment numbers. Only 3% believe the U.S. could conceivably avoid a recession within the next 18 months, according to the Daily Mail. According to a survey, businesses believe labor shortages, inflation, supply chain disruptions, and a recession are the biggest threats to profitability. 53% of executives expect inflation risk to remain a challenge to their assets and interest for the next two quarters to a year. 43% in economic decline to last for longer than that. According to the Labor Department, the U.S. Consumer Price Index was up 8.5% in July from a year ago, though that was lower than the 9.1% increase in June. It was still above the Federal Reserve's 2% target rate. Inflation is the highest it has been in 40 years. The cost of goods has spiked, hitting low-income and middle Class families the hardest. Food prices have continued to increase, with the cost of groceries increasing 13.1% in July from the previous year. The Biden administration continues to deny that the country is in a recession despite the negative economic growth for a second consecutive quarter. President Joe Biden and members of the administration argue that metrics like job growth and steady levels of consumer spending show that the country is not in a recession. And Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has also said that he doesn't think the U.S. is currently in a recession. 
well, the Federal Reserve thinks we're good? Well, then I trust it. In September, the Federal Reserve is expected to announce if they are raising interest rates again for a third consecutive hike to help curb inflation. Raising the interest rates has had other side effects. According to the National Association of Realtors, buying a home in the U.S. is the least affordable it has been in 33 years as mortgages spike and home prices hit record highs. Rents have also jumped in many markets as families that have been priced out of buying a home drive up the demand for rentals. So, from our crappy economy to uh, how about some of my favorite topic, sports. And this time we dip back into the world of the UFC. Leon Edwards knocks out champion Kamaru Usman with kick to the head, stuns UFC world. I know my fight friends are excited to go over this. Leon Edwards stunned Kamaru Usman and the rest of the mixed martial arts world on Saturday night with a knockout kick in the fifth round of their bout at UFC 278. Edwards snatched the UFC welterweight championship from Usman with the win. The knockout blow came with just 56 seconds remaining in the match. Quote, that crosshead kick landed perfectly, Edwards said. Usman, considered to be the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the sport, was likely on his way to a decision victory against Edwards before that kick. He controlled Edwards throughout the third round and led on the judges' scorecard 39-37. to But Edwards landed the shocking blow to put the Nigerian nightmare, as he's called, on his back. Edwards has 10 wins and won no contest since he lost to Usman in December 2015 at UFC on Fox 17. The victory over Usman was the 20th of his career. Quote, the octagon belongs to nobody. No man is meant to hold the belt for that long. I said all week, I felt like this was my moment this is how it was meant to play out, he said, adding he felt like he had more to show. That wasn't my best performance, and I did not feel myself in this. I feel like I have much more to offer, end quote. The win left UFC fighters and fans astounded. So, there's some MMA stuff for you. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, hit that share button down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership, sign up for our conference, or sign up for our magazine, you can do all that at FightLaughFeast.com. As always, if you want to send me a news story, have questions about our conference, or become a corporate partner, go ahead and email me at Garrison at FightLaughFeast.com. For Cross-Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day. And we'll